From the creator of Camp Fear comes a brand new podcast. P.T. Logan's Five Minutes of Terror. Twisted, troubling tales to send a chill up your spine. New episodes every single weekday. Join me if you dare. Camp Fear, the podcast, is a PTL Books and Pathological Inc. production. Hello, campers. Welcome to Camp Fear, where you bring your fears and leave in tears. Now, come closer. No, closer still. Yeah, stay warm here by the fire. I want to tell you a story. You like stories, don't you? I love stories. Do you know what makes the best kinds of stories? The ones that are true. And I only tell true stories. So listen up, because today I'm going to tell you a story about Camp Fear. Oh, is that surprise I hear? What? You didn't know that Camp Fear is an actual place? Tsk, 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 camper. Well, it is. It's an actual camp for people like you. Young people. Young people who love scary stories. We don't have many rules at Camp Fear, but one in particular that should never be broken is that we don't allow cell phones. This is very clear. But some campers, like Penny, don't always follow the rules, and the results can be disastrous. Gather around my fire, campers, the Camp Fear fire, and enjoy part one of this double-sized haunting tale I like to call No Signal. Part one, cell phone. But I can bring my iPad, right? No, Penny, you can't bring your iPad. My mouth falls open. No iPhone and no iPad? Those are the rules, hun. I can't even speak. I agreed to go to this stupid camp only because my mom promised me that I'd get a new iPhone, if I did. But I had no idea that phones weren't allowed at the camp, let alone iPads. What am I to do all day? No internet at all? Nope, no internet. I can't believe what I'm hearing. Nobody told me this! I couldn't think of anything worse than being without internet for an entire week. Literally nothing. But now that we've been driving for close to two hours, I know that there's nothing I can say or do that will make my mom turn around. No matter how badly I want her to. So I decide the next best thing to do is give my mom the silent treatment. Even when we arrive at Cat Fear. I still can't believe that's the actual name. I don't say anything to her. My mom says goodbye, and I hug her, but then I stomp off. I'm greeted by a strange man who calls himself Tyler. He says that he's the headmaster I can't fear, that he runs what he calls Storytime by the Fire. Storytime? Really? Unless it has a video attached to it, I'm not interested. Tyler leads me to my tent, Tent 12, and I throw my bag on the cot inside. It doesn't even bounce. I sit on the bed next, and then frown. It's hard, and the sheets and pillows are rough. I'm going to hate this place. 
Outside, I hear kids laughing, having a good time. But I don't want to talk to them. I just want to sit here and wait for the week to end. Being homeschooled, I haven't spoken to a kid my age in a long time. But online, online, I have hundreds of friends, good friends. Friends who I chat with every single day. And now that I can't access the internet for a week, who knows if they'll still be there when I finally get back. Penny, can you please join us around the fire pit? We're about to start the scavenger hunt. Scavenger hunt? But Tyler is already gone. I scowl and get off the bed, which creaks loudly. Yeah, that's how I feel too. The fire pit is huge, the biggest I've ever seen. And while there is no fire burning now, I bet that later tonight it will be ablaze and we'll all sit around it singing Kumbaya. There are maybe a dozen campers around the pit, boys and girls about my age. They're talking and laughing, but I'm not. Several of them say hi to me and I say it back, but keep my eyes low. As we wait for Tyler, I reach into my pocket for my cell phone, but of course it's not there. I sigh. Six days and 23 hours left. Well, campers, today we're starting off with a scavenger hunt. You'll be in teams of two, and each team will have a list of things to find. There will be a prize for whoever finds the most items. Tyler counts the campers around the fire. Thirteen of you. That means... I'll go alone. Tyler looks at me, one eyebrow raised. You sure? Just in case he wants to change his mind, I quickly grab a sheet of paper from his hand. I'm sure. Okay, then. Tyler claps his hands together. Go on, get started. You have one hour and then we'll meet back here, around the fire. I hurry away from the crowd, putting space between them before I look down at the sheet of paper. It's the strangest list of items I have ever seen. Not that I'd expect anything different from a place called Camp Fear. There's everything from a glowing green necklace to a mosquito. A mosquito? Really? To a giant spider, a walkie-talkie, and a leather-bound book written in another language. What a joke. Rolling my eyes, I just keep walking, not bothering to look for any of the strange items. Before I realize it, the sun starts to set. How long have I been walking for? I'm so lost in my own head that I don't even see the small hill in front of me and I stumble. I barely manage to avoid falling down into a... a garbage dump? Seriously? Sure enough, there's a pile of garbage down below. It's not food garbage, but toys and... a walkie-talkie. I see other items too, including a large book. Huh, what are the odds? I slowly go down the dirt hill falling and banging my knee twice. I'm covered in mud by the time I reach the bottom, but I see that there is a walkie-talkie on the ground. <laughs> I check it off my list. I'm about to pick up the book and read it. It has to be in a strange language to count. When something else catches my eye, it's shiny and reflects the fading sunlight. I shove the book aside and then stand up straight. I can't believe it. It's a cell phone. It looks like a new one, too. Brand new. The kind that my mom promised to get me after I suffer through a week of camp fear. Just leave it, Penny. I probably would have left it alone. After all, there's a next to zero chance that it has any battery left. But then something happens. The phone pings and the screen lights up. It's a message. 
and I can't resist bending down and picking it up. After all, what if it's important? What if someone's in trouble and needs my help? Part two, message. I stare at the message for a long time without blinking. I can't believe it. Not only is it a text message, but it's addressed to me. This can't be. But as I stare at the phone, I realize this is the case. I'm not sure if it's some sort of prank. It must be, but it's still shocking. Penny, don't be in tent 12 at 11.16 p.m. What does it mean? Another thought occurs to me. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe this is just a random phone that just happened to be on, and when I picked it up, there was a message to another girl named Penny. Another girl named Penny who just happens to be staying in tent 12? I finally peel my eyes away from the cell phone and look around me, expecting to see a group of kids pointing and laughing. We got you, they would say, but there's no one here. Heck, I don't even know if I've told anyone my name yet. Just put the phone down, Penny. Put the phone down and leave it where you found it. Forget all about it. As I glance around, I realize that every item on the list is here. The mosquito and spider are paintings, but I think they count. Was that a coincidence too? Shaking my head in confusion, I quickly check everything off my list and then observe the cell phone again. There are no apps on it, no stored numbers, and even the message itself, the only message, came from an unregistered number. It looks like a brand new cell phone, straight out of the box. The weirdest thing is that the cell phone has no signal, no bars. That too, like the message, seems impossible. After all, the message came when the phone was right here, right in this garbage dump. I can't wrap my head around this, but I start to think that maybe I'll get signal back at the camp, which means that I might be able to download a few apps. Maybe contact my friends. This idea elevates my mood and I put the cell phone in my pocket. Then I hurry back up the hill and make my way back to the fire pit. I'm surprised to discover that I'm the first one here. Did you find everything? I jump and turn around. Tyler is smiling at me and I quickly hand over my scavenger hunt sheet. He barely looks at it. Did you discover anything else interesting? I open my mouth only to close it without saying anything. Then I shake my head. As I do this, I slip my hand into the pocket on my shorts and touch the phone. Okay, you can rest until dinner. I nod and go back to my tent, slowing when I see the number 12 painted on the front of it. My throat is suddenly tight as I walk around the tent, trying to understand the meaning behind the message. When I find nothing, I head inside and sit on my creaky bed. After making sure that no one is around, I pull the cell phone out, hoping for a signal. There isn't one. Darn! I shake the phone, hold it up to the sky, wave it around, but still no signal. The message is still there, however. Penny, don't be in 1012 at 11.16 p.m. I stay in my tent until dinner, which honestly isn't that bad. Roasted potatoes and pulled pork sandwiches. After dinner, Tyler starts the fire, and it is indeed massive. An inferno. Penny is the winner of the scavenger hunt today. She found every single item on the list. There's a round of applause and congratulations. My face turns red and I just stare at the fire. I'm not used to this sort of attention. 
And the prize is that she gets to pick tonight's story. Not much of a prize, I think. But I don't mind. I'm a bit sore from all the exercise today. All the walking. And it's getting late. Penny? You can pick from a story about a necklace dug out of the dirt. Of a girl who finds a very special pet. Or one whose only wish is to get adopted. A wishing well. Or I have this new one about a Ouija board and- I think I might just go to bed. Tyler looks at me, his eyes twinkling in the fire. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Good night, everyone. I go to my tent and collapse onto the bed. It's uncomfortable, but I'm so exhausted that I fall asleep almost right away, even though I can hear Tyler talking by the fire. Hello, campers. Welcome to Camp Fear, where you bring your fears and leave in tears. Now, come closer. No, closer still. Yeah, stay warm here by the fire. I want to tell you a story. You like stories, don't you? I look outside and realize that it's completely dark out. The fire must have gone out because I can't see it either. Out of habit, I reach into my pocket and pull out my cell phone, only to realize that it isn't my cell phone. I don't have my cell phone. It's the strange one that I found in the garbage pit. I turn it on and then inhale sharply when I see the time, 11.15. Something flashes in my mind and I quickly open the message. Penny, don't be in tent 12 at 11.16 p.m. It's silly, of course. Nothing is going to happen. This is just a prank. And yet, I get off my bed and exit the tent, convincing myself that it's not because of the message, but because I need to use the bathroom. I'm halfway to the outhouse when a flash of light suddenly blinds me. This is followed by a sizzle and then a second later, a loud crash. Other campers join me now, and they're all shouting and pointing at my tent, at tent number 12. I spin around and my jaw falls open. The lightning had been a direct hit and most of my tent had collapsed. What is left of it is still burning on the grass. Hey campers, it's P.T. Logan, the writer and creator of Camp Fear, and I'm here with Abby Logan, the soothing voice you hear. Each Camp Fear episode takes between 20 and 30 hours to make, from writing, to recording, to mastering. If you're enjoying this story and want to continue hearing more stories, please consider supporting the show. You can do this by heading to www.patreon.com slash campfearpodcast, with your parents' permission, of course. By supporting the show, you not only ensure that we'll continue to make more episodes, but you'll also get special perks. Like ad-free episodes, so you don't have to hear my dad's voice again. One more time, that's www.patreon.com slash campfearpodcast. See you there, campers! Part 3. Received. Are you sure you're okay? I brush the dirt off my shorts and stand up straight. I'm... I'm fine. But it's a lie. I'm not fine. If it hadn't been for the message, I don't even want to think about what would have happened to me. The lightning hit my tent at exactly 11.16. What were you doing up anyway? I just... I just had to use the bathroom. 
I turn and rush toward the outhouse. I'm almost there when I hear Tyler call out. I don't know if you want to go in there. It's almost full. If it's just a pee, you might want to use the woods. I'm so rattled by what happened that my stomach is in knots. And the idea of going into a full outhouse, with the smells and the flies, I run to the woods instead. It's dark and cold, but I really do have to pee. When I'm far enough from the campsite, I quickly do my business behind a tree. When I pull up my shorts, I feel something heavy in my pocket, and it takes me a moment to figure out that it's the cell phone. I grab it and then move my arm back to throw it as far away as possible. There's something wrong with the phone, something very, very wrong. But at the last second, I don't let go. I can't. If it hadn't been for the cell phone, swallowing hard, I look at the message for what feels like the hundredth time. Penny, don't be in tent 12 at 11.16 p.m. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I recognize that there's still no signal, but the near tragedy has me not thinking straight. With trembling thumbs, I struggle to type a message. At home, on my cell phone, not in the woods with this haunted one, I can type faster than almost anyone. But at Camp Fear, it takes me nearly a full minute to complete the simple message. How did he know that was going to happen? I press send and wait. A second passes, then two, before a red X appears along with the message. Failed to send. Shaking my head, but not willing to give up yet, I start to tape another message. I get about halfway through when I hear a sound behind me. A scream catches in my throat and I slowly turn to see a raccoon. It's a big raccoon, one of the biggest I've ever seen. But when it notices me, the animal looks even more scared than I am. It tucks its tail between its legs and darts away. Still shaking, I turn my attention back to the cell phone and continue typing. Who are you? As soon as I press send, an owl hoots high above me and I jump. I look up, searching for the animal, but it's nowhere to be seen. When I look back at the phone, it has the same message, failed to send. Penny, are you okay? Tyler shouts to me from the campsite. I tilt my head, trying to locate him, but I can't through the trees. Fine, I'll be right back. I can't let the man know about the cell phone. It's against the rules. After a deep breath, I type my final message. This one takes twice as long as the other two. What do you want? This time, there was no raccoon, no owl hoot. There was only silence. An eerie silence. I don't know much about camping, or the woods in general, but the one thing that I do know is that they're never quiet. There are always crickets chirping, birds squawking, frogs croaking. The woods are always loud, especially at night. Slowly, my eyes drift back to my phone. There's something different about it this time, but it takes me several seconds to figure out what it is. The message finally went through. There is no fail to send. It's green, meaning it was received. How is this possible? The top of the screen indicates that there's no signal, and unless it somehow got one during the few seconds I was looking around, then I hear a crunch to my left and spin in that direction. I hold the screen out in front of me, trying to use what little light it produces to see who's there. 
Tyler? The reply comes from my right, not my left. And it's definitely not Tyler. The voice is dry and ancient, almost brittle. And it's truly terrifying. I don't know how you knew about the lightning, Penny. But you weren't supposed to survive. Now you owe me a life. To be continued. No cell phones. That's the rule at Camp Fear. I know what you're thinking, but the cell phone saved little Penny's life. But did it? Would the lightning have struck if she hadn't broken the rules? Hmm? And who's to say what's going to happen to Penny now isn't worse than a lightning strike? After all, at least that would have been quick. Tune in next week, campers, for the epic conclusion to this two-part tale called No Signal. Camp Fear, where you bring your fears and leave in tears. Camp Fear, the podcast, is a PTL Books and Pathological Inc. production. Story and audio editing by Patrick Logan. Vocals by Abby Logan. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. Campers, you can also email host at campfearpodcast.com and share your worst fear. You never know, one day you might be featured in your very own Camp Fear story. You can also visit our website, www.campfearpodcast.com to get your own Camp Fear merchandise and to grab the Camp Fear books. Copyright Patrick Logan, 2021. All rights reserved. Now you owe me a life. <laughs>